Greetings and welcome to Be Your Own Healer. I'm Jeanette Murray, and I'm so glad you're here listening to today's topic, Stop Feeding the Weeds. You know, we're all seekers. We're all trying to figure out this game of life, and nobody, at least to my knowledge, has figured it all out perfectly. What I mean is, we're all learning, and no matter where you are in life or what age you are, there's always more to learn and more to experience. That's why we're here on this planet, which is really one colossal school of learning. And by this, I don't mean book learning, but learning how to live, learning how to love, and learning just who you really are. I do believe most of us want to learn how to master the art of living and find happiness and love. I don't believe anyone sets out to learn nothing or be miserable or be left out and alone. We all have basic needs as human beings. I think Abraham Maslow was on the right track when he came up with his hierarchy of needs. He narrowed it down to these things. First and foremost are physiological needs for things like air, water, food, shelter, clothing, and so on. Next comes safety needs, which includes having employment, personal security, and health. <clears throat> then comes the need for love and belonging, which is where I think many of us, even if we've covered the other bases, may face certain challenges. After love and belonging comes the need for self-respect, self-esteem, status and recognition, and freedom. Finally, Maslow tells us that self-actualization is our highest need when we have achieved morality, creativity, the ability to reason and think critically, to solve problems, and to live at our highest potential. I would add our highest spiritual self as well. So let's take a closer look at where we might get stuck in the fulfillment of our needs by our own thinking and our own beliefs. The thoughts we think create our reality. Really? You may be thinking, I didn't create this. I've done everything I could to be creative, to have love, to be successful, and life is still not giving me a bowl of cherries. In fact, I'm only getting the pits. It may feel that way at times, especially when we're going through difficult times or learning how to handle particularly difficult lessons or when our early years failed to provide us with the foundation and skills we needed to make the most out of our life. Our lives are like gardens that are full of beautiful flowers and plants and weeds. Sometimes we have more weeds than flowers and good plants, so we have to take the time to uproot the things we don't want, the weeds of our thoughts. But I would emphasize here, speaking as a counselor who has heard just about every story of rough beginnings, we tend to feed the weeds that took root early in life 
until they have crowded out the flowers and good plants. <coughs> Excuse me. These experiences include abuse, neglect, lack of parental love, poverty, homelessness, illness, and disability, to name just a few. And these can predispose us to believe our lives are out of our control and we just can't get what we want, no matter how hard we try. But I'm here to tell you, we all have the potential to rise above and to overcome the odds by our directed and focused thought processes. We have the ability to change our lives. Let me give you an example. Sylvia, a young woman in her 20s, came to see me after a traumatic experience in which she had been drugged and raped at a party. I came to find out that it wasn't her first experience of sexual assault. She recounted that as early as age nine, she was no stranger to sexual abuse and assault. Her mother, an alcoholic, and her father, a workaholic, paid little attention to her, so she was pretty much left to her own devices to figure things out on her own. In her 20s, Sylvia was a single mother of three. She had been in and out of abusive relationships, and she was trying to improve her situation by going to college. We began working together, and over time, she came to see how her negative and limiting beliefs about herself were holding her back and causing her to repeat self-destructive patterns. She had above average intelligence and ambition, so the learning process needed to go in the direction of creating thoughts and beliefs about herself that were self-promoting, not self-limiting. She learned to believe in herself and her potential, to know that she was worthy and capable of better. And in time, she completed her bachelor's degree got her first real job in a factory, and in a matter of months rose to a position of management. She was so accomplished in her field, Sylvia was then recruited by another company, and today she's a top executive. She's also in a happy relationship with a man who loves and appreciates her. Call it fate? Good karma? Luck? I don't think so. Sylvia had the courage and resilience to change the patterns holding her back and the stamina and drive to get what she wanted. In other words, she stopped feeding the weeds in the garden of her life. Instead, she pulled them up by the roots and planted healthy, beautiful flowers of her own choosing. It took time and a lot of work, but she did it. I say this because we're all capable of reprogramming ourselves, of rewriting the script of our life, and creating what we want. It may take the help of a therapist or counselor, but in the long run, the work must be done. Another person I worked with, John, a man in his 50s, was discouraged because he had not found the love of his life and now feared he'd be alone for the rest of his life. The weeds in his garden were low self-esteem that formed early in his teen years 
when he took up with a wayward group of friends. Being a child in a family of highly successful people, he was the designated black sheep. Alcoholism became John's way of coping, which only reinforced his lack of self-esteem and the belief that he was undesirable and unlovable and incapable of changing. Another pattern he developed was to try and rescue desperate or needy women who eventually cheated on him, robbed, and even assaulted him. These experiences resulted in a sturdy weed of distrust and the beliefs, I only attract bad women and women can't be trusted. Our work together involved getting out the shovel, rake, and spade and getting rid of those weeds. He learned to replace the weeds with positive thoughts and beliefs, such as, I'm a good guy, I'm desirable, I'm lovable, and I attract only good, wholesome, loving women. In time, John got reacquainted with a woman he'd met at his AA meeting who was as committed to sobriety as he was. They began dating and eventually got married. Were his weeds gone? Most of them, yes. But it's important to realize we are continually in the process of weeding our gardens and uprooting what doesn't belong. With hoe in hand and determination, we can replace those weeds with healthy, happy plants. If you're thinking it's not all that easy to do this, you're right, it isn't. It takes hard, sometimes gut-wrenching work to stop feeding the weeds or the negative self-limiting thoughts and blocking beliefs and to replace them with healthier thoughts and beliefs. And please don't think for a minute it's any easier for people of different sexual orientations. In fact, the job of weeding is compounded by the social pressures and lack of support they encounter in everyday life. August, a transgender man, was fortunate to have a family who accepted his transition from female to male, but he still had the challenges of lack of understanding and rejection by others, even some of his friends. While August identified as a homosexual male, he found a whole new world of rejection by gay and hetero men alike. It was basically new and uncharted territory and navigating through it was a daily struggle. Fortunately, August found a trans therapist and learned to accept and love himself as he was and not feel like a pariah. In time, he met a gay man, they fell in love, and created a home and a new life together. No matter what our circumstances in life, we have one thing on our side. We can change our thoughts and beliefs. We can recreate ourselves, and we can reshape our reality. It's hard, it's painful at times, but the rewards are far-reaching and well worth the effort. We all struggle with, with negative and self-limiting beliefs. So I'm going to offer you the following exercise. Take a sheet of paper, draw a line down the middle to make two columns, label the left column 
limiting beliefs, and the right column, self-promoting beliefs. Now, fill out both columns, putting your negative beliefs in the left column and the opposite or more desirable belief or self-promoting belief in the right column. Here's an example. I'm not lovable is in the left column. I am perfectly lovable is in the right column. And if that's too much of a stretch, write something you can reasonably accept and believe. Perhaps it would be, I can be lovable or I can learn to love myself. Now it may help to have someone, a friend or a counselor help you with this. Very often people who have never thought anything positive about themselves may need help in identifying the positive beliefs they would like to have. In my work with Catherine, her core belief was no one could find me attractive. And it was all she had ever believed about herself since childhood. To write, I'm attractive or I'm beautiful, or someone might find me attractive in the right column, just didn't feel right to her. She simply couldn't believe it. So she crafted a belief she could accept. It was, I'm capable of making myself more attractive. This change in belief was almost miraculous in its ability to shift her energy. She went out and bought herself a new wardrobe, got a new hairstyle, had a makeover, and she hired a personal trainer to work with her. When I saw her a year later, I didn't recognize her. She had transformed herself, grew to love herself, and she even went on a cruise and met a gentleman who became a close friend and travel companion. She teased me when we met, when she saw my look of surprise and approval. Girl, she said, it's just a matter of getting rid of the weeds and putting roses in their place. So it was Catherine who gave me the idea for the title of this podcast. <clears throat> Here are some of the limiting or negative beliefs people have. I'm not good enough. I don't deserve to be happy. I'm damaged goods. I can't get what I want. God is disappointed in me. I can't succeed. I'm unlovable. I'm stupid. I'm ugly. I can't be forgiven. I deserve to be miserable. I'm not worthy. People are out to get me. I can't trust anyone. I can't trust myself. People will let me down. And the list goes on and on. The interesting thing about beliefs is that people think the negative beliefs are more realistic and true than the positive beliefs. I think this can be explained by how we're brought up and educated. Children are not taught good mental hygiene. In other words, they don't learn how to clean up their negative beliefs or pull out the weeds. Some of these beliefs are inherited from our parents, are taught to us in school, or are imposed by religion, and some are carried over from past lives. 
I often wondered why I was born with extreme shyness. I understood what people meant when they used the term painfully shy. I came to understand that both my parents had low self-esteem and could not assert themselves. Was it genetically encoded in me to be shy? I believe it was. Was it hard to change this mindset and develop more courage, self-confidence, and self-acceptance? You bet it was. And was it worth the effort? Absolutely. So back to your columns assignment. Once you've identified the limiting beliefs and their replacement beliefs, take just one of the positive beliefs and devise a plan whereby you can make it a reality for you. Let's use this example. In the limiting belief column is written, I can't be forgiven. And in the self-promoting column, the replacement belief is, I can forgive myself. Now think of all the things for which you think you cannot be forgiven and write them down. Now we'll do a ritual cleansing. You may elaborate on this, but here's how I would do it. Write each one of these negative beliefs on a separate piece of paper. Place them all in an envelope on which you write things I can't be forgiven for. Now, dispose of the envelope in whatever fashion appeals to you. I personally like the cleansing by fire, so I would burn the envelope to ashes. As you dispose of it, know that you are freeing yourself once and for all of these negative beliefs. For the reinforcement of the positive belief, I can forgive myself, write down all the things you can and are willing to forgive yourself for. Keep this paper and review it from time to time to remind yourself of your new beliefs and to reinforce and set them in place. Add the fertilizer of good, healthy, positive thoughts like, I'm a good person and I deserve to be forgiven. I deserve to forgive myself. If you're wondering about other people being able to forgive you, consider this. If there are things you've done that you need to make amends for in order to be forgiven, do so. But remember, you have no control over what other people do, say, or think, even if you do everything in your power to make amends. Let's now dig a little deeper into the origin of weedy thoughts carried over from past lives. Sometimes we have no recollection of anything that caused our present negative beliefs about ourselves. Irma was a particularly good example of a person with an entrenched belief she could not attribute to anything in this lifetime. She consulted an intuitive who told her she had had a past life in which she was fleeing the Nazis. She was at a train station waiting for her husband and two children to join her to take the last train out of the city. Totally panic-stricken, she scanned the crowd, ran up and down the platform, but to no avail. She was dragged aboard and the train took off. 
She never found her husband and children, and in her mind, she had abandoned them. She spent years after that searching for them in city after city until she became ill and died. <clears throat> she, she died believing in her heart that she could not be forgiven, nor could she forgive herself. Along with this came the beliefs that she would never meet her life partner or have children, and she wasn't worthy of love. Clearing these past life energies and negative beliefs, she learned to forgive herself and believe she deserved love and no longer needed to abuse herself or be abused by others. In time, with therapy and hard work, she changed her belief patterns. She began socializing more, enjoying her life, and opening herself to the possibility of finding true love. She forgave herself for something over which she had no control and came to believe that she deserved to be loved and that she could find a loving partner. We all have weeds in our gardens which can be uprooted and gotten rid of, and some are stronger and have deeper roots than others. Thoughts and beliefs about ourselves are changeable when we realize they're the reason we're not getting our needs met or we're falling short of our goals. Of course, we cannot discount the role of karma, the law of cause and effect, that causes us to have certain experiences as a result of present life or past life actions. But karma can be mitigated by our present life experiences by loving and helping others, doing no harm, and changing our beliefs from being victims of fate to victors over our fate. Remember to always fertilize your garden with positive thoughts and to shine your radiant, beautiful light because the new plants need it and the world needs it too. To the extent that you radiate light and love, it will come back to you in even greater measure. I hope this talk has been helpful to you and you're ready to put on your gardening gloves, get out your tools, and start weeding your garden. And after you do, plant new seeds of hope, trust, love, self-love, and be open and ready to receive the joy and fulfillment you deserve in life. Thanks so much for listening, and feel free to leave me a comment. I will leave you with this. May your garden be filled with beautiful, fragrant blossoms and an abundance of all good things. Take care. God bless. And let's talk again soon. Goodbye.